This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for June 22nd, 2018. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about some of the things you can easily do right now to better secure your home's internet router and Wi-Fi network, from basic info to simple tips and tricks. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software, exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. A few weeks ago, we talked about some new malware that's affecting routers and that the recommendation was to reboot your router and eventually to change the password. And that made us think about all the things that you can do to secure your router. You can set a secure password and all that, but there are lots of elements in your router's configuration that you can change. And we figured we'd want to talk about that. Now, first, do you say router or do you say router? I say router. I think probably most people outside of the UK and maybe certain other countries that pronounce things the way that the UK pronounces things probably say router. I looked it up. So in Apple's dictionary, at least the dictionary that comes on US-based Macs, it says that it's pronounced router. So I Googled this because I know you pronounce it router. And, and I've heard other people who live in the UK pronounce it router. And it seems like that that's a common UK pronunciation. Well, I just looked it up in my dictionary. And this is the US English dictionary that I have on my Mac. And it gives both pronunciations. Oh, interesting. Router and router. Okay. Because a router is a power tool with a shaped cutter used in carpentry for making <laughs> grooves for joints, decorative moldings, etc. Right. Anyway, let's get to the meat. So we talked about this malware a few weeks ago, and I'll put a link in the show notes. The first thing you need to do to make your router secure, and I'm going to say router and you can say router for the whole episode, is to set a secure password. And I, I think that's actually a no-brainer. We've talked about secure passwords so many times. I'll link to one of our, the earliest episodes of this podcast where we spent a whole episode about passwords. It's interesting to look at the way things work in different countries. A lot of our listeners are in the U.S., but not entirely. You have a router that you've purchased yourself. I have a router that's given to me by my ISP. And in fact, they recently exchanged it because I was having problems with the old one. Then they sent me a little card. It's called a Keep Me card. And on the back, it has the password to the router. I can change that password if I want, but it's already a fairly secure password. In other words, they send out the router with a preset password, a preset Wi-Fi password as well. I can change it, but would I want to necessarily change that password? In my opinion, it wouldn't hurt to change it to something that's substantially different. And the reason why you might want to consider doing that is because let's say that they're using a pattern or in an even worse case scenario, maybe they even reuse the same passwords, you know, and maybe they have three or four that they just send out to everybody. That's probably not the case, but they may at least be using a, a pattern that could at least narrow down the possibilities. And so if somebody really was trying hard to, to break into your Wi-Fi network, they might have a place to start. Okay. So the first thing you need to know is how to access the configuration settings of your router. For most routers, you'll do this from a web browser. And depending on whether or not you've set up a new router, you may need to connect to it via Ethernet with a cable. And generally, in your web browser, you type 192.168.1.1. That's sort of the default IP address for routers. Is it common to use different IP addresses? 
I've seen consumer home routers that also have .0.1 or .2.1, but most of the time they do start with 192.168. One of the ways that you can figure out what IP address your router was probably using is by taking a look at what your computer's IP address is on your home network. So for example, if you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can hold down the option key and click on the Wi-Fi menu. And it'll actually tell you there's a, there's an entry there right below your IP address. It shows you the router IP address. And that's the one that you would type into your browser. And if you're connected via Ethernet, go to System Preferences, click on the Network pane, and then click Advanced. Then click on the TCP IP tab, and you'll see your IP address and the router's IP address. Right. Now, there's one exception to this. I was saying before that you would connect via a browser. The, the exception, of course, is if you use an Apple-made router. If you happen to be using an Apple router, then you won't be connecting to it to configure it via a web browser. You'll be using Airport Utility, which you could use either on your Mac or on iOS. Apple has announced that they're going to discontinue these routers. They're still selling them. They sell the Airport Extreme and the Airport Express and the Time Capsule, but they're not going to update these at all, and they'll be disappearing in the future. So once you've got this sorted out, it's a good idea to change your password. Now, there are two passwords. The first one is the one you use to configure the router, either through the web browser or Apple's airport utility. And by default, generally, the username is admin. Many routers ship with a password admin as well, so you need to change it. Again, in my case, there was already a, a password set up. But you also want to change the Wi-Fi password. You don't want just anyone to be able to connect to your Wi-Fi network. So when you're in changing your admin password on your router, think about setting a new Wi-Fi password. You know, it's not a bad idea to change your Wi-Fi password once a year. You may have to re-enter it in all your devices, but, you know, you've had friends come over to your house a few times and, well, they connected to your network and maybe one of your friends sold his iPhone to someone and didn't erase it and that person happens to live across the street. I mean, okay, this is a little Tom Cruise, but anything's possible. So it's not a bad idea to change the Wi-Fi password every now and then. You know, this is something that probably most people don't know. Your devices actually store the pa the password. I mean, th that's the only way that they can really connect back to your network. And if you open up the keychain access application on your Mac, you can see a list of all of the passwords for every Wi-Fi network that you've ever connected to. So even if somebody, you know, said, oh, uh, I don't give out my Wi-Fi password, I'll type it in for you. Well, <laughs> you've just given it to them. Yeah, you've still given it to them because they can just go into Keychain Access later and find out exactly what your password is. Earlier this year, I wrote an article for the Intego Mac Security blog called How to Remove Wi-Fi Networks from Your Mac and iOS Device. For that very reason, and I show a screenshot of my Mac and, and a bunch of Wi-Fi networks that had accumulated, and many of them were hotels. You stay in a hotel for a night, you connect to a network, and it stays there forever. So it's a good idea to change your own password in case someone else has connected to your network. But at the same time, go through the networks that are stored on your devices and erase the ones you don't need to connect to. One of the reasons that you want to delete old networks that you don't need access to anymore is because, for example, if you've connected to a, uh, a popular, you know, public network, like let's say there's a coffee shop or a restaurant that has an, a national or international chains and they use the same network name everywhere and no password, that's a, a, a risk um, that, that you're taking by leaving that network always enabled on your devices because other people 
can set up their router as, you know, pretending to be Starbucks or McDonald's or whoever it might be. And they might actually be doing some interception of your traffic. And, and so they could trick your device into connecting to their network and then they could spy on what you're doing. So you want to be careful about that, especially for, for networks that don't have any password that are popular networks. You want to delete those out of your uh remembered networks as soon as possible when you're done using those networks. Right. So that network name is called an SSID, a service set identifier. And this is something that you can change on your router. I have a router that was given to me by my ISP. So it comes with a whole lot of default settings. One of them is the SSID for the wireless networks. And they're set up with random names that end with, I believe, what is it? 2.4 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, because the router offers both versions of Wi-Fi. It's not like it's just my home network, which can you imagine if everyone in this country who used this company as their ISP, something like 20 million people, all had my home network as the SSID. So then you'd be, your device would try to connect to that network every time you go near one, and this would confuse it, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, most of the time your device is going to connect to whatever network it has the strongest signal where you are. So if you're in your own home and if you happen to have the same SSID as your neighbor, you're probably going to connect to your own home's router. But if you're walking down the street and everyone has the same name, your iPhone's going to keep trying to connect to each one of them. It's going to use up the battery. Right. Or, or if you live in an apartment building, that, that's another example of where you want to be careful with something like this, because you may very well be connecting to a neighbor's and, you know, who knows what they're doing? Maybe they are spying on what you're doing. So if you change the SSID, you don't want to change it to Josh's Wi-Fi network, do you? Because then let's assume you are in an apartment. People will know that they're connecting to your network instead of someone else's. Of course, you could change your SSID to Kirk's Wi-Fi network. So people would think they're connecting to mine instead of yours. But ideally, you want a unique name that doesn't give any information about you. I mean, if you're a guy who walks around and you've got a big motorhead tattoo on one of your arms, you don't want to call your network Motorhead forever, right? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. If, if somebody really wants to target you and you've made it really obvious what your network is, that's probably not the best plan. So what sort of name should you choose? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And this is something that's a very personal decision, of course. Somebody might want to make something that sounds really scary. I've heard security researchers setting their SSID to virus.exe, for example, um, just to scare people away from even trying to connect to their network. So there, there's there's lots of you can have fun with it. I mean, you might as well. Right. My, my network name is NSA van. So <laughs> I was absolutely going to say that your network name had to be like CIA or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. NSA van. I am so not surprised. <laughs> if, if you Google funny SSIDs, you'll find all sorts of things like here's a couple NSA net secure access denied hidden network, cool Wi-Fi network. This is not free either. Pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Searching dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no Wi-Fi for you. And of course, you would do this if you're in a dorm or in an apartment where there's a lot of people who are going to see the Wi-Fi network. But I live next to a farm. The birds don't have Wi-Fi, so it really doesn't matter what I call mine. Yeah, if someone's going near your house and, you know, you're going to be the only Wi-Fi network around, so. Okay, so you've changed your SSID. You've 
changed your passwords. What else do you need to do to, to lock down your router to make sure it's really secure? Well, really, there's a number of other things that I think are important to do. One that we've mentioned briefly recently when we were talking about the VPN filter router malware is that you want to make sure that you've got your firmware on your device up to date. So hopefully you have a recent router that is still getting firmware updates from the manufacturer. If you don't, you know, if it's been a number of years since the last time that your device got a firmware update, it's probably time to replace your device, especially given that things like VPN filter are out there targeting old, outdated, unpatched and unpatchable routers. You want to make sure that you've got a new router, a relatively new one, that at least that's going to still be getting firmware updates. And so, so that's one thing. If you have an option in your router to automatically update the firmware, please choose that option. That's, you know, you definitely would rather do that than, you know, hear about, oh, there was a router update, but now my device is infected. Right. So my router, again, it comes from my ISP and it checks for updates automatically. I can't see when it updates. They say they push them out at like two or four in the morning or something like that. And I have no idea how many times it's updated. There is a section in the configuration for a firmware upgrade. And there's a button that I would click to choose a file on my Mac. And this would be presumably, let's say I've had a problem and the support people link to a download of a file for me to try, you know, new firmware. But it's not something that I have ever been alerted to in my case. So generally, when it's a router provided by your ISP, this will happen automatically. But if you buy your own router, you should definitely make sure it updates from time to time. That's a great point. Another thing that you should check for is whether your router supports UPnP, Universal Plug and Play. This is something that you want to turn off, most likely. Now, this is kind of a technology that uh, gamers sometimes have used in, in the past because, you know, they bought their, you know, Xbox or whatever it was, and it wanted to be able to open up ports automatically on your router. Generally, you don't want things doing that. It would be much better for you to, if you know that there is a port that you have to have open, it's better for you to find out what that is and open it yourself rather than having whatever it happens to be connected to your network allowed to just open ports freely on your router. That's a bad idea. So please, please turn off UPnP. Well, why is this on by default usually? It's got to be for more than just games. It's it's something that, uh, you know, the average user probably does not go into their router settings and mess with things and know how to set up port forwarding and those kind of things. So as a convenience to you as a consumer, they've they may just enable this by default. But um, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never, ever, ever had UPnP enabled on any of my networks, and I've never had a problem with that. So um, then, you know, I also am a geek who knows how to set up port forwarding, but I think the average user, if you turn off UPnP, you're probably not going to have a problem with it. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go into more interesting settings you can change on your own router. School's out and your kids will have more time than ever to spend on their favorite activities. And if those activities mean spending more unsupervised time online, you might want to consider using controls to manage your kid's computer access. And of course, Intego has you covered. You may be familiar with some of the basic parental controls offered by Apple, but Intego takes your control of security much further than that. 
At the Intego.com website, we've got side-by-side -side comparisons of Apple's built-in security and the advanced features of Intego Content Barrier. Content Barrier is a suite of software that gives you more complete parental controls for peace of mind. And now, through the end of June, you can purchase Content Barrier Secure X9 at 40% off. It's a great way to start protecting yourself and your children from harmful online content. And guarding your children's online activities is crucial when you can't always be there to protect them. With Content Barrier Secure X9, you will be. Save 40% on Intego Content Barrier Secure X9 now through the end of June and have a real safe summer. Okay, so what's next? My router has a firewall feature. Do I want to turn that on? That's interesting. I'm, I'm curious what other settings it says under firewall. Well, I have access control, Mac filter, URL blocking, a schedule rule, and intrusion detection. These are all subcategories under the firewall setting. I see. So in, in that case, they're they're kind of lumping a whole bunch of things together under under firewall. And each of those are, are things that you want to consider separately. MAC address filtering, that, that's something we should we should explain what that is. Essentially, your device has a unique hardware address. Technically, this is something that you can pretend to be somebody else. There there are ways that you can spoof your your MAC address and make it look like you're really another device, another type of device, or even another person's specific device. But MAC address filtering, the idea behind that is that for a non-sophisticated attacker, if if they want to connect to your network and you have not specifically whitelisted their MAC address, then they won't be able to connect to your network. Now, this doesn't actually stop sophisticated attackers. There are ways that you can grab somebody's MAC address and pretend that your device actually has that MAC address. So essentially, you can pretend that you're a trusted device that's allowed to connect to that network. So it's not going to keep out a sophisticated attacker, but it could keep your neighbor, at least, from connecting to your network. Right. So let's take the iPhone as an example. If you go to Settings General About, you'll see that there are two MAC addresses listed, and they're not called MAC addresses. They're called Wi-Fi address and Bluetooth. And each one of them is 12 characters in sets of two divided by colons. So it's like A, B, colon, C, D, colon, 1, 2, colon, 3, 4, colon, etc. In the interface for my router, there are 30, I could put up to 32 MAC addresses, and I could therefore take only the devices that I use in my home via Wi-Fi, and I could enter them, and then no one else would be able to connect. This doesn't mean you don't put a secure password on, but this just makes it a lot harder for someone else to get in your network. You would absolutely want to to put a secure password on your network anyway. Um, that that's That's a baseline that everybody should be doing. But yes, that's another layer that you can add on there. Again, it, it depends on how sophisticated of an attacker you're trying to prevent from getting onto your network. Another thing that also is not going to keep out a sophisticated attacker and that there's some controversy about whether you should turn this feature on or off is SSID broadcast. So basically what that means is do you want your device to show up in the list when somebody clicks to see, you know, what Wi-Fi networks are available? Especially after you've come up with a really cool name for your Wi-Fi network. Right. So so maybe you do want other people to see your really cool network name. 
again, there, there's some kind of differing opinions on whether or not you should broadcast your SSID. Um, certainly, if you want to show off your the cool name that you came up with, leave SSID broadcast on. But some people think that it's better to hide their SSID because, you know, then it just won't show up in a menu. And so people won't be able to find it and know that it's there to connect to. But how can your iPhone detect the network if the SSID isn't broadcast? And that's a great question. Essentially, what happens is a device that's previously connected to that network, anywhere that that device goes, it asks around. It just kind of sends out a beacon saying, hello, is this network available? And it just asks, you know, wherever that device, wherever your device happens to be, it's going to just search and see if that network name is available to connect to. If it's not, then Apple actually recommends always broadcasting your SSID for this reason, because they see this as a privacy concern. Because now you're telling everybody a network that you've connected to everywhere you go, and maybe you don't want people to know what networks you've connected to. Maybe that's a, a you know, could be a privacy concern for, for some people in some cases. So does that mean every time that you're outside walking around, your phone is constantly checking for every single Wi-Fi network that you've ever connected to? That has a hidden SSID. Yes. Ah, okay. So if I were to hide the SSID at home, what I would need to do, let's say when I get a new router is first connect to the Wi-Fi network so the iPhone is recognized. Then I can hide the SSID and the iPhone will be able to connect to it afterwards. Is that correct? That's true. That's one way that you can do it. Um, another way is when you get the list and you, you don't see it in the list, you can pick an option that says something like other network. Right. And then you would have to manually type in the name of the network and then the password for that network. Okay. So as long as you know the name, you can always join a network even... If it's hidden. Correct. That makes sense. Right. One other thing that I have in my router, and I think a lot of routers have this now, is USB file sharing, that you can stick a hard drive on the back of the router and access files through it. It'll show up as a, as a network device on a computer. Is this safe to use? <laughs> I'm thinking I'll put all of my really sensitive files on the USB drive that's connected to my router, and no one can get into the, my router to access those files, right? Hmm. Well, I, I, it's definitely something that I would caution people to to be careful about. I think you missed my sarcasm there, Josh. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, maybe for the average user, if you don't really have like anything very sensitive and, and you want this data to be available to any device on your network, maybe that's okay. But it's probably not the safest thing, especially if you don't have your router manufacturer frequently updating your firmware. B because, you know, again, there's there's potential ways that something like this can be exploited. Y you want to make sure that you've got a reputable router vendor and that they're still patching, you know, releasing firmware updates for your device. If they're doing that, maybe that's okay. Well, in that case, you can create your own network attached storage device just by plugging a hard drive into the router. And you don't have to buy a separate NAS and configure it and, and manage it. So it can be quite practical if you do want to be able to access files. Right. But of course, if they're not secure, then it's not a very good idea. So I use my router to connect to the internet, but I don't use it for Wi-Fi. I live in a fairly large house and the router has to be in one room in the corner and Wi-Fi doesn't spread very well. I have a, a Netgear Orbi mesh Wi-Fi system. So there's one unit on the ground floor and there's one upstairs. 
The Netgear Orbi is connected to my router via Ethernet, so I don't really need to leave Wi-Fi on on the router itself, do I? That's correct, yeah. If you're not actually using Wi-Fi on your router, you can turn off that functionality, absolutely, and you should. If, if there's no reason, if you, if you don't have any devices connected to that network, then turn it off if you can, yeah, absolutely. Now, my router also has two Wi-Fi networks. It has a 2.4 gigahertz and a 5 gigahertz. I was surprised to find how many devices actually require the 2.4 gigahertz. And, and I don't see this on my router. I see this on my Netgear Orbi, where I can see all the devices that are connected. The 5 gigahertz is probably any modern device made in the past five years, if not more, iPhone, iPad, Mac, PC, and all that. But my Kindles don't connect on 5 gigahertz. And there are some other devices that you have that don't. It's probably safer to turn off the 2.4 gigahertz if you have no devices that connect to that. But otherwise, you really need to leave both, don't you? In which case, you, you've you've actually got two Wi-Fi networks on your router. Right. That's a good point. I, I, I would say that if your router does distinguish between 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, and they don't always, sometimes it'll just use both with the same network name. But if if you have both options, try to connect to 5 gigahertz first. If all of your devices connect to 5 gigahertz, turn off 2.4 gigahertz. Right. 5 gigahertz is faster in terms of data throughput, and it's probably a lot faster overall if you've only got one Wi-Fi network instead of the two. Okay, so is there anything else we need to look for? Because again, every router configuration system is different. And obviously Apple's is much more limited than others since it, it, you don't have this browser access, the airport utility is quite limited. Is there anything else to look for that might be in some routers and not in another? Well, I'm sure that we could actually keep going about this. I think we've covered some of the most important ones to, to look for, though. If you have any feedback, uh, if there's something you feel that, that we've missed, listeners, you know, please let us know. Um, we, we could even have a part two, potentially, if, if there's enough interest in, and uh, if you guys have other things that you think we should have mentioned. Okay, with all this, I think I'm going to disconnect now, and I'm going to make some changes to my router, because there were a few things that you mentioned that I haven't done yet. So I want to make sure this is as secure as possible. Until next week, Josh, stay secure. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.